0: From MPB Think Radio, this is In Legal Terms, the show all about you and your rights. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. It's election day. I hope you'll exercise your civic duty and vote. Our guest is an elected official that is not up for re-election just now. It's Hines County Justice Court Judge, Kenny Lewis. We've also got Justice Court Clerk, Patricia Woods. If you have a question about Justice Court, or experiences to share, give us a call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send an email to our address legalterms at mpbonline.org. This is In Legal Terms on MPB
1: Think Radio. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Louise Schiavone. The campaigns are over and the nation is casting final ballots today for which party will hold the balance of power. Economic issues are huge, as is the question of abortion access. In Pennsylvania, U.S. Senate candidates Mehmet Oz and John Fetterman made their final pitches to voters yesterday. NPR's Jeff Brady reports the race is among those that will determine if Democrats maintain their majority in the Senate.
2: Celebrity Dr. Mehmet. Oz packed a diner with supporters and talked about the economy and crime.
3: I believe we can have safe city streets and communities. I believe that we can have a secure border but allow legal immigration like my parents enjoy so we can get the people we want in our country working as hard as we do to make everything work better here.
2: In front of a union hall, John Fetterman said he supports raising the minimum wage and getting rid of the filibuster.
3: I want to protect marriage equality as well too? Yes also the opportunity to codify Roe v. Wade. Yeah.
2: Whoever is elected will replace retiring Republican Senator Pat Toomey. Jeff Brady, NPR News, Pittsburgh.
1: It's the last day for Arizona voters to decide between incumbent Democratic Senator Mark Kelly and GOP challenger Blake Masters. In the days leading up to the election, the pair ramped up their campaign events, and PR's Jimena Bastillo has more from Phoenix. On Monday, Kelly stressed his bipartisan efforts and support of bills that benefit service members at a press conference featuring
4: former Senator John McCain's son, Jack McCain later in the day challenger blake masters was met by cheering crowds as a part of a tour alongside other statewide gop candidates he emphasized tackling inflation and rising prices but both need to win over independent and moderate candidates even in the historically republican state this arizona race is one of the toss-up battles that could determine control of the senate next year the senate is currently split 50 50 with both
1: parties looking to
4: gain greater margins Ximena Bustillo, NPR News, Phoenix.
1: House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has given her first interview since the attack on her husband. She acknowledged that it may affect her future in Congress. NPR's Giles Snyder reports.
2: Speaker Pelosi sat down with CNN and she was emotional, saying she was close to tears as she recalled how she learned of the attack. She said the hard part is knowing her husband Paul was not the target, but that he's the one paying the price. Pelosi declined to talk about her future in Congress, but acknowledged that the attack will have an effect on her decision.
1: NPR's Giles Snyder. Many parts of Florida have yet to recover from Hurricane Ian, but another hurricane is bearing down on the state, Nicole. Has strengthened to a tropical storm as it churns toward the northwestern Bahamas and Florida's Atlantic coastline. The Dow up 353. This is NPR News in Washington. The State Department has confirmed the death of an American in Baghdad, Iraq. U.S. officials identify the individual as Stephen Edward Troll. The U.S. would only say that it extends its condolences to his family. The United States has placed sanctions on several members of an Islamic State group cell in South Africa. Kate Bartlett reports there are concerns the terrorist group is continuing to expand its foothold in Africa.
0: The four South Africans have been sanctioned by the U.S. Treasury Department for providing technical, financial or material support to the Islamic State group. Two of the men from the coastal city of Durban are senior members of an Islamic State group cell led by a designated Farhad Humah two of whom as other associates, who were arrested by South African police in 2018 for planning an attack, were also sanctioned. Eight
1: companies connected to the individuals have been listed, the Treasury said in a statement. For NPR News, I'm Kate Bartlett in Cape Town. After a delay of several hours, the Powerball drawing was held this morning in Tallahassee, Florida.
5: It's time to play America's favorite jackpot game. This is Powerball. Greetings, America. I'm Michelle Lyles. We've got a record-breaking Powerball jackpot for you in an estimated amount of $2.04 billion.
1: A procedural glitch in processing sales had interrupted the final announcement by the Multi-State Lottery Association last night. The game is played in 45 states as well as Washington, D.C., Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. I'm Louise and NPR News.
6: Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Paramount Network. Yellowstone returns with its Season 5 premiere, showcasing that power has a price. Starring Kevin Costner, Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Paramount Network. This is NPR.
3: The legal information presented on legal terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email Terms at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio.
0: Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. Happy Election Day, Professor Gershon.
6: Good morning, Liz. Happy Election Day to you. I hope uh, hope your week's been a good one so far, and I hope people vote. Uh, that we That's really how we exercise our democracy and our right to democracy. Uh, but today we're excited to welcome Judge Kenny Lewis, who's the Justice Court Judge for District 4 in Hines County, and Ms. Patricia Woods, who is the clerk of the Justice Court in Hines County. Hines County uh, Judge Lewis and Ms. Woods, good morning. And would you please tell us about your backgrounds and how you became interested in serving as a Justice Court judge and the clerk of the court,
7: respectively? All right, I'll let uh, Ms. Woods go first. I'll let women, women a woman go first. Go ahead, uh, Ms. Woods.
5: <laughs> well, thanks so much for that respect. Mm. Uh, I'm Patricia Woods, of course, and I am the clerk of Hines County Justice Court. I've been in this position since 1995 here in Hines County, and 1983 is when the Justice Court was reformed, and I was one of the first appointed clerks for the state of Mississippi, where I served in Hines, in uh, Claiborne County for about 10 years, and I migrated to Hines County after marriage, and I became the clerk here in uh, Hines County. So I've been in this business for quite some time. I am an alumnus of Jackson State University, where I uh, majored in business administration obtained my bachelor's and master's.
7: Wonderful, wonderful. And I am Kenny Lewis, so I serve as your Justice Court Judge in District 4. I have a, a story that's kind of different uh, than Miss Woods. Uh, I'm a 51-year um, resident, resident of Hines County, but I've served in the capacity of a law enforcement uh, official for about 25 years. And uh, I was actually over to jails as a uh, court facilitator uh, under the consent decree, uh, which uh, I received a phone call from the sitting judge, uh, Judge Morton, Judge Morton called me, and, uh, of course, when a judge calls you, you get nervous. And I I didn't know what he wanted. I I knew of Judge Morton, but we didn't have a personal relationship. And he had been telling me, he said, uh, I wanted to go take you to lunch. And uh, so we went out to lunch, and he said, uh, I've been praying for the person that will uh, take my place. I'm getting ready to step down. And uh, every time I pray, I see your face. And I just got stunned. I was like, well, I wish God would have told me that <laughs> while he was telling you that. But I don't want to have anything to do with this election stuff. I previously had ridden, uh, had run for a position in Clinton, uh, been at large, and I lost the uh, election. And I had a, a bitter taste in my mouth. And uh, long story short, after about three months of praying, my wife comes home. And you have to know my wife, uh, Vicki Lewis. And she says, let's do this. And the rest is history. And I'm glad that I took the, uh, the leap of faith to run for a justice court judge
6: well and I think maybe you've answered our next question which is how, how does somebody become either a judge uh, uh, of the of the justice court or how does someone become a clerk of, of the justice court right? you know and so the there's an election right for the judge
7: yes sir uh, and you know I always say uh, I'm, a, I'm a, my position is uh, as a judge, but who I am, I'm a man of God. I'm, I'm a man of faith, and uh, I just believe God has uh, a sense of humor. Uh, when I when I ran for the election with the uh, uh, as a uh, alderman at large, I got experience of how an election should run. So when we ran this election for a justice court judge, I was qualified because all it takes for a justice court judge is to be qualified to have a high school diploma. Uh, live in the county in which you run. Uh, not only that, but then after you're elected, go through an 80 hour training process with your judiciary college.
0: Well, who knows who you might inspire to <laughs> to to do this on this election day? You know, that's the kind of thing. You know, if you don't like who we've got elected in in whatever, it takes good people to step up and to become a public servant. And I'm glad you had a mentor. To, to help you. And, you know, maybe someone who will hear this as a podcast or hear it uh, statewide, worldwide, this might inspire somebody else. Well, you know, I'd like to help
7: out. That's great. That's great. Uh, Miss, Miss Willis, you want to respond?
5: Okay. And what's the question?
7: Well, how did you become, how does one become a clerk? Let's
6: well, say somebody wants to be clerk of a okay. uh, justice court. Okay.
5: The Justice Court clerks were appointed by the Board of Supervisors and there's one representing every county. So we have 82 in the state of Mississippi. Uh, the minimum requirements, high school diploma and uh, the MAX, college educated. So I um being a college educated person, I um been being in this position for some 30 plus years you have to have that leadership skills. I have 13 deputy clerks that works up under me and uh, they are very, very proficient. You have to be able to interpret the law. The Mississippi code guides us to operate in the justice courts of the state of Mississippi. So that is one of the main things you have to be able to interpret the statutes.
6: And that's, you know, uh, and uh, for neither of these positions, you, you have to be a lawyer, as you mentioned. And, and I know in, in a lot of the courts, uh, the judge has to be a lawyer, but justice courts, that's not the case. And But so then how are justice court judges and clerks trained? Uh, who does that training? You mentioned the Miss our friends at the Mississippi Judicial College and, and Justice Pierce, uh, who is on our faculty and also the great staff of the Mississippi Judicial College do the training. So how does that work?
5: Yes, the justice court clerks are trained through Mississippi Judicial College, and we're required to have 12 hours of certification per year.
7: And it's the same with us. Uh, my experience was it was one of those, you know, how a dog chase a, a car and then if the car stops, what does the dog do with the car? <laughs> well, after I got elected, I went, oh, my God, what do I do? But uh, the Judicial College was a tremendous blessing for me. Uh, I've already had experiences with law, being in criminal justice and, and in law enforcement. But the Judiciary College, uh, the 80 hours that we uh, receive initially uh, was a blessing to me. And also, we have to continually... Uh, get 12 hours of continual uh, education throughout the years they really do.
6: Go ahead I'm
7: sorry.
0: well no Go ahead. I'm I, it, it's it's good to know I mean 80 hours that's a lot that's a lot of schooling that's a, a lot of uh, knowledge uh, downloaded onto you uh, to make you so that you can start off
7: we started at eight o'clock and we ended I promise you at five no time before and they packed a lot of information into us uh, and it was a great experience and like I said nothing was uh, uh, anything that I hadn't had experience in but uh, it was just good to see uh, the techniques and, and what I need to do as far as uh, a sitting judge in justice court.
5: Exactly.
7: Yeah, I mean they do, they do a great job we really are so pleased to
6: have the Judicial College housed at the University of Mississippi and the truth, and we are an envy of a lot of states because the kind of judicial training that takes place um, doesn't happen in most states. So the fact that we have you know a dedicated judicial college in Mississippi is is, is a big deal, and, and you know so that affords uh, the kind of training uh, that it gives us great judges, you know, and and uh, the justice
5: court and other courts around the state. So yes, sorry. I think they train us very well and prepare us.
0: Well, and we've done a show about the Judicial College. I will link that podcast in the show information for this podcast. It's a call-in show, folks. We would love to have you call in to ask questions about Justice Court, or you could share your experiences with us so that other folks would know what to expect when they might need to participate in Justice Court. That phone number is one 877-MPB-RING That's 1-877-672-7464 You can send us an email with your questions. It's legalterms at mpbonline.org We're discussing Justice Court with Hines County Justice Court Judge Kenny Lewis and Justice Court Clerk Patricia Woods. So who are you voting for? Not Justice Lewis today. (laughs) Where do you vote this year? It might have changed. I'm going to tell you how you can find out. That's next. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from the Robin and John Cock Donor Advised Fund of Clarksdale.
5: The 2022 midterms are here.
6: Democracy's on the ballot.
5: Enough is
6: enough is enough. We need conservative fighters that will go on offense. Tuning out is
4: not
5: an option. Join us Tuesday for a live election day special as polls close across the country. We'll bring you updates from across the U.S. and analysis from our experts. Election Day 2022 from NPR News.
7: Tune in tonight for national and local
2: election coverage from NPR and MPB News. Right here on MPB Think Radio.
3: You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email Terms at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. This
0: is In Legal Terms. Not everybody has a chance to listen to our show live. So if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. M- our host is Professor Richard Gershen from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. Now, if you would like to know where you're voting today, because it's Election Day, and where, you can just go to the Secretary of State's website, sos.net ms.gov. Their Y'all Vote section has Locate My Polling Place. And after you type in your house address, you can see the races that you're going to be voting on. This morning, one more time, that uh, website is SOS.MS.gov. This morning we're talking about Justice Court with Hines County Justice Court Judge Kenny Lewis and Justice Court Clerk Patricia Woods. And they both mentioned how they get got training, they get continuing training from their job from the judicial college. We discussed that on an In Legal Terms show. You can find that podcast if you look for the date, October 29th, 2019.
6: And it's great to have uh, both Judge uh, Lewis and uh, Ms. Woods on today. Um, and you know, let's let's talk a little bit about now, you know, filing a case. What kind, you know, what kind of cases are heard in your court? Uh, so, what 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 types of cases do justice courts uh, hear? I don't know that our listeners know that each court has their own jurisdiction of cases they can hear, and so they're limited. And what,
7: what kind of cases uh, are heard in the the justice court? Okay, great question. Uh... First of all, we have a criminal docket and we have a, a civil docket, and my criminal docket consists of all misdemeanors, uh, such as traffic violations, uh, anything outside of municipalities. As I said uh, earlier on, uh, anything such as DUI first offense, um, a simple assault, uh, shoplifting. Uh, Anything that occurs outside of the municipality, I will hear those uh, criminal cases. Now, civil cases include landlord-tenant cases or open account cases, uh, which my jurisdictional boundaries are up to thirty-five hundred dollars or less. So,
6: if uh, yeah, so so a lot of a lot of states would call this small claims, for example, for civil cases, Um, and so. But now um, I, I know the first person they're probably going to see before they get to the judge will be the clerk or one of the, the assistant clerks. And so uh, what what is, what happens when they when somebody comes into court, you know, at, to, to your court, uh, Ms. Woods, they don't they're not going to really always know what to do. Um, small claims. A lot of times they won't have a lawyer. So what how do you know how do you help them I guess is probably the, the best the best way to ask that question
5: you are so right and i'm so glad you asked that question once a litigant comes into the court we are the faces that they first interact with and our job is not to be their legal counsel but to guide them in the right direction to file a small claim here in our court so once they come in and they are Maybe confused as to what they need to file. We kind of like guide the clerk, I mean, guide the litigant as to what they need to file by presenting them with the correct forms, um, informing them the jurisdiction of this court, making sure that they have the address where we can serve the summons to the defendant and uh, any other pertinent information that we may need in order to move this case forward and assign it to one of our judges.
0: Miss Woods, I would assume that whoever answers the phone at each of the counties, they've got to be part gatekeeper, part mama, and the person who calls, I bet they want them to be part therapist just to help sort out because... You know, the very, very few times I've had interactions with the law, I've been completely lost (laughs) and needed someone to hold my hand to help me guide it, guide through whatever the process is.
5: Yes, and that's what we're here for, to make that litigant feel comfortable in filing that particular case and kind of like um, educate them on different avenues in which they can file their claim. So, yes, we are that mother, daughter, sister, brother, whatever have you.
7: And can I add, right. can I add, uh, they are really the MVPs of Justice Court. Uh, Miss Woods is being humble over there, but I'm telling you, we as judges could not perform our duties uh, effectively without uh, our clerks uh, uh Miss Woods has uh, trained her clerks well. Uh, when I walk in court on Thursday, everything I need is laid out. Uh, all I have to do is just – I'm on autopilot when I get there. So I, hats off, and they don't get the credit that they deserve. But I'm telling you, I could not perform my duties as – at a, at a high level, uh, without the clerks of uh, Hinds County Justice Court, so I celebrate them today. All thirteen uh, clerks that we have.
6: Well, I'm glad we have a chance to celebrate clerks. But I, I was uh, telling this Woods before the show started that I, I tell my classes regularly, you know, that that uh, the people who can help lawyers the most are going to be. Court, I mean, you're going to walk into a court; and it's going to be the first time you've been in that court, you know, and you don't know where to start. And and the clerks do this every day. And they're the people who can help you. So don't go in, you know, and be arrogant because, you know, you're a lawyer. But actually, you know, to ask the clerk's question. Let them help you. Be humble. And uh, because they are the ones who really know how this process works. And that's in any court. Um, I was I was te- I teach well to the states in the morning. So we're talking about the chancery court. And it's the same thing with the chancery court judges who help people with probate all the time. So I'm I'm really happy that we can celebrate clerks because we don't often do that uh on the show or here generally, but so we're really happy to have you here this week. Exactly. Thank you. Now when somebody appears in front of your uh the court as, as a judge, uh Judge Lewis, well, what uh so what what happens next? I mean, do they, they you know, we, we usually think of you know the trial we see on TV where there's opening argument and witnesses and all that. Does that happen in, in the uh in the justice court?
7: It, it does. In some instances, you will come in and, uh um, you got the, the county prosecutor and then you have the, the, the litigants to come in with their attorney. And, uh, I'm actually the judge in the jury. So I, I, I really have to have a, a keen, keen sense of hearing. Uh, and I can't, uh, you know, underestimate what one party is saying above the other. I have to really listen to both parties. So, uh, yeah, we, 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 we have to pay attention. We have to give everybody their respect once they come in. But then there's times when uh, a person will come in without an attorney. And there's a fine line between advising somebody but also having empathy for them uh, in the place where they don't know the process. But you kind of help them through the process to make sure their constitutional rights are not being violated.
6: And, and with that in mind, too, I mean, they, someone without an attorney won't know things like rules of evidence or anything like that. Do you give them a little more leeway uh, in, in terms of uh, their arguments and their presentations to the
7: court? Yes, there, there's, there's a little more leniency. Of, we have to remember that uh, justice court uh, stems from uh, the justice of peace and which is classified as the, the court for the people. Uh, where people couldn't uh, afford or didn't have an attorney to represent them. And uh, often I put myself in those litigant shoes when they come in. Uh, and once we announce what uh, we can as far as uh, navigating them through the process, uh, helping them not uh, violate their constitutional rights, there is some leniency there that we can uh, uh, lend uh, in the course of our uh, uh, court hearing. And so, how does someone prepare? You know,
6: they've got now. Um, I've got a, a landlord-tenant case. I've, I've been uh, you know, arrested for a misdemeanor. I've got a small claims, you know, uh, claim against someone, and I don't want to hire a lawyer. Um, you know, because I think you know, if, they have, if I have a lawyer, at least that person should help them prepare. But what if, what if? So I can go to uh, this court without a the justice court without a lawyer. So how do I prepare? I mean. Ms.
5: Woods, I'll ask you that question to start with. I mean, what... Right. I was... Normally what we would tell that litigant is to bring any supporting documentation that they have to strengthen their case because that's what the judges would be looking at, any documentation they have to support their case. So um, when they file the claim, that's what we're looking for and try to make it basic for them. We don't try to get all, uh, you know, extravagant with them. So that, as Judge said, they're the this is the people's court, and uh, a lot of the litigants are not in tune to the legal process of this court. So we ask them to bring any type of documentation that they have that would strengthen their case,
7: and, and to. Uh, uh piggyback off of what uh miss woods has said uh i i agree uh first of all answer to the summons be there on the date that you have court not only on the date that you have court but i believe in being timely uh my court starts at 9:30. i'm in the courtroom at 9 20 920, or 1 in the afternoon i'm in the courtroom at 120 or 125 and I hold uh, a, a litigant at the same level that I hold our officers. If an officer doesn't show up for court, I dismiss the case. If a litigant doesn't show up for court, I hold him in contempt or a failure to appear warrant would be issued for their arrest. But be there on time. Be there on the date that you're summoned to be there. Bring any and all evidence that'll support your claim. Not only that, know your rights. Uh, what I found out in my three years— Uh, Most people just don't know their rights, uh, especially as it relates to landlord-tenant laws. And there's a specific uh, casing uh, that's set aside called the Mississippi Landlord-Tenant Act that is the Bible for tenants and landlords that they can go by uh, prior to coming to court to know what they can and cannot do. So, And and the other thing is come in just like you would at any other uh, courtroom. The uh, Justice Court is no lesser uh, court than circuit, county, or any other court. So I would say dress well, present yourself well to the judge, and uh, we'll go from there.
5: And as, uh, as a matter of fact, we partnership with the Center for Justice, and we have them on hand and any other type of literature that we have out of our law, in our lobby to uh, assist our litigants, also in the Mississippi Center for Justice, they are very, very helpful to some of our litigants.
6: And They have been frequent guests on our show, so we're, you know, we're always happy to uh, hear about good things that they're doing. I mean that. So that that's a, that that's an important point because if the, especially if I'm suing and I can I can't sue for more than thirty five hundred dollars, I've got to hire a lawyer. That may cost me as much as I. Make from the suit. So um, well, I'm happy to hear you say that. So there, there are resources for people that can help them at least, you know, process their way through a case like this without having necessarily to hire a lawyer. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Yes.
0: I love having this show. I, I, I feel like. This is such a service to the community to let people know what's going on. I appreciate Judge Woods, I mean Judge Lewis and uh, Miss Woods being able to give of their time. All of this is to help our communities, right. help our citizens be better citizens. And as Professor Gershen has said. A, uh, a lawsuit is someone when somebody breaks a promise
7: that's right
0: and uh, we want we want to help keep everybody we want everybody to help keep their promises, but if they don't, we want that's our tagline for our our show is is your to know your rights That's right And so we're so glad that we can help folks with this. So if you have a question, we would love for you to call in. This is your chance. How often do you get a chance to speak with a, a judge and a, a clerk of the court to ask a question or share your experience if you have been in one? Because I'm sure you were nervous the first time you went in. And if you shared your experience, maybe if it happens to somebody else, they will, uh, it will ease their nerves a little bit. That phone number to call in is one 877 MPB ring. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can email us questions. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. But if we don't get questions, we're good because I have a lot of questions. (laughs) Professor Gershon has a lot of questions. We're talking with Hines County Justice Court Judge Kenny Lewis and Justice Court Clerk Patricia Woods about justice court. Now, if you would like to know a little something about the candidates that you'll be voting on today, Election Day, Circuit Court, Chancery Court, uh, Congress and Court of Appeals, I'll tell you where you can get some information about the candidates. That's next. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio.
4: Connect with the people looking to connect with you. Become an underwriter with Mississippi Public Broadcasting. For more information, go to mpbonline.org slash more slash underwriting. Think Radio Tuesdays are thought-provoking and stimulating. Get insights into relationships at 11 with Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking. Each of our talk shows allows you to ask questions by email or our call-in line. But if you've missed a show or want to listen again, just find the podcast. When you need help from a doctor, lawyer, or financial consultant, Tuesday is your day. MPB Local Shows continue on MPB Think Radio.
3: You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464, or email terms at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio.
0: You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. We hope that you'll subscribe to our podcast, or you can find MPB Think Radio recordings at mpbonline.org/radio. This morning we're talking about Justice Court with our guests Hines County Justice Court Judge Kenny Lewis and Justice Court Clerk Patricia Woods. Now, after you've gone to the uh, Secretary of State's website, sos.ms.gov to see where you vote, and what your races are, you can go to this website. It's a good one. Vote411.org. And it's the digits, 411. Vote411.org. It's the League of Women Voters. They have sent out a questionnaires to candidates. And they've put word for word the responses um, so you can learn a little bit about these judges that we're voting on because you, you might not know unless you see a yard sign. You might not even know who some of your judges are. And uh, this gives the replies of those who took the time to send <laughs> back the questionnaire so that you will be an informed voter. We did have the League of Women Voters on our show as a podcast, and I will have that link in this show's information. So don't forget, if you need some voter information, The Secretary of State's website is sos.ms.gov. And the League of Women Voters, where you can find out about your candidates, is vote411.org. I'm going to be here from 7 p.m. to midnight uh, with our news department doing election results, local and national. So we hope you'll tune in to MPB. But right now we're talking about justice court.
6: and Liz you know what one, one thing that uh, we uh, you mentioned uh, websites um, for elections and also there's a website for the justice court and it's on the Hines county uh, website um, and so uh, you know it talks about some of the interesting history of the court and at one point there was no training and now we, uh, you mentioned the the thorough training that you both had now yeah, I, I, let's talk a little bit about I, I, before we get into the next question which was about criminal matters what how long does it take to get a decision from justice court? You know, there, um, If you if you go to the Mississippi Supreme Court, it's going to take a while to find out what what the result is. Um, you know, uh, So what, how quickly will someone get a decision if they go to your court, Judge Lewis?
7: Uh, generally, no, I, oh, go ahead, right. Misha Lewis.
5: Okay, what I would do, uh, the first step is how quick is it for a person to get on the docket? That's true. Now that's uh, basically why most litigants come into justice court with claims less than $3,500 and the uh, landlord tenants because we move our cases faster than the circuit and county court. So if a person comes in and file a claim here in this depart, in this court, i would say we try to give them a court day within 15 days on the civil side now on the criminal side we have court once a month and that's the first full week of every month we have five judges and those judges sit on the bench uh one day out of that week on the criminal side so if a criminal case comes in it may take some time for that case to be put on a docket given the fact that person would have to be served before it's put on the docket and they come in and make a plea of guilty or not guilty. If they plead guilty, then the judge will go on and sentence them. But if they plead not guilty, then we will have to get both parties into the court. So I would say on the average, our criminal side may range from maybe 30 to 60 days.
6: That's such an important point. I'm so glad you you mentioned that. This was about, there's a time. There's a difference between when you file the case and when it's actually heard, and that can affect which court someone goes to, or even whether they go to court instead of settling. You know, and and you know, talking about you know not not just justice court, but as you mentioned, the circuit court and and you know, county courts, other courts. Uh, so that time frame is not always how long are you making your argument? It's and when do you find out? But you know when do you even get to court? So thank you for clarifying that. And, and, and judge Lewis. So when they're in front of you, and let's say now it's, it's been their, their 15 days or they're, you know, in a criminal case and and you hear their case, how quickly will you make a decision?
7: Um, It will be that day. It will be in that, uh, at the conclusion of that proceeding. Uh, I don't put a time limit on uh, how long one can testify or whatever of, far as putting on evidence. But once I hear both sides and I ask both parties uh, if they're through um, presenting their case to me, and once they uh, decide that they're closing, uh, then I look over everything that's been presented to me, and then I, I rule from that point.
0: I can't imagine if you're bringing everything you think is pertinent, uh, everything they bring to you might take a little bit of time to look over.
7: It really does. What I've done, um, and Miss Woods can tell you, my court starts at 930, but I generally get in. Uh, I come into office about 7, and I prepare for my day. Uh, if there's something on my docket that I'm not familiar with, I make sure I, I do my due diligence to uh to do some studying up on, looking at all of the law, case laws that goes along with it. If there's any evidence, I will go over the evidence and just make sure that I'm, you know, uh, affording the citizens uh, a, a good uh, proceeding uh, uh, when I come to court. Yes, so ma'am.
0: you're not starting from scratch when they walk in?
7: No, ma'am. I'm i I'm ready to go. Uh, <laughs> I, I, and like I said, my clerks can, uh, they laugh at me sometimes and they say, you beat us here sometimes, <laughs> but that's just how I'm reared. That's how I'm, I'm built. You know, I always want to be prepared. I believe in the, the concept: if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. And I not, nowhere in my life that I that I have control over that I uh, see myself as a failure.
5: Right, and that's our motto here in <laughs> justice court. And we, as clerks, we try to have all the information in order for our judges. So that it wouldn't be so confusing to them.
6: Well, that's that that is so important and and, and totally uh, love those statements. I mean, I really do about about operation. Um Yes, yeah, so it's not like you just throw up in court and then somebody makes an argument that's the first time you've thought about that case. <laughs> no um, sir. But what, but uh, you yeah, know, so criminal matters are different. I think you know the. If I, it's one thing if if I've got a of tenant dispute, I may be upset about that, you know, maybe my, they didn't return my security deposit or whatever that's that's important to me, but a kind of a heightened level of importance I would assume is when someone comes in front of your court on a criminal matter. so how did they first come to court uh, and, and for you know is what's what's what is their first interaction with the clerks when they're uh, there on a criminal matter
5: Well, first of all, when that person comes in, they have a problem. <laughs> So we try to make them feel a little comfortable and at ease here in the court because, and have a listening ear, that's what I would say. Have a listening ear because we have, we deal with people from all walks of life. You never know what they are going through that brought them through our doors. So once they come to our counter, first of all, we try to make them feel comfortable and get as much information that we need in order to file that proper charge and affidavit.
7: And and I will add, uh, that's why it's so important when you put in um, elected officials and as well as clerks in these positions, you have to make sure these people have the judicial temperament to deal with all kinds of people. Uh, It's kind of like going to the principal's office. There's a level of anxiety that sets in. And when you come to court, Everybody's nervous, everybody and, and as a judge,:
0: yeah hope so.:
7: <laughs> And as a judge, you know, I've embraced the fact that I'm uh, an umpire. I'm going to call a ball, a ball, a strike, a strike. Somebody's team going to be mad at me at the end of the day, but I can sleep well knowing that I put my full effort in calling what's legal, what, uh, what uh, uh, is, is, uh, it goes along with the statutes and the laws of the state of Mississippi.
6: And that's so important yes i think people forget that i mean judges don't have judges supposed to be impartial and so you don't have a stake in it uh other than, then um, you know as you said calling a ball of all a strike a strike so now um what, what likely obviously the state or the, the county will have a lawyer in a criminal case and that's going to be the, the prosecutor um or if i'm if i am in your court as a criminal defendant on a misdemeanor matter, am I entitled to, Can I do I get a lawyer assigned if I want one, or
7: do I have to hire a lawyer? Yes, sir. During the initial appearance process uh, where you come in, and if the, your uh, case comes along with possibility of jail time, one of the things that we are required to do is give you a wave of attorney if there's not an attorney there with you. Then, after you've signed off on the waiver of attorney then you you plead guilty or not guilty if during those uh proceedings you decide that you can't afford an attorney and I will ask you do you can you or will you uh employ your own attorney or do would you like for me to appoint you an attorney uh then we, there's another form that we have to fill out if someone requests uh an attorney uh and that attorney will come from the Hines county. Public defender's office,
6: right? So, and so uh, that is. But you mentioned jail time. So, how much jail time could somebody get uh, from I know uh, uh, from a criminal uh, uh, decision in your court? What's the most they could get?
7: Misdemeanors goes up go up to a year, three hundred and sixty five days that they can actually uh, have incarceration. Um, in between one day, zero days, up to 365 days, but those uh, <clears throat> those efforts are, are are put on the judge to decide what they want to uh, uh, give uh, the person that's found guilty or plead guilty to certain crimes.
0: Yikes.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, uh. I'm going to try to live a good life. <laughs> we have a few minutes left to take your calls. Our number is 1 MPB Ring. That's 1 877 672 7464. Few minutes left to take your email questions. Legal terms at MPBOnline.org. We've got Justice Court Judge. Kenny Lewis and Justice Court Clerk Patricia Woods with us today. Now, what if you get to that poll today and you realize you don't have your ID? I'll tell you what you can do. That's next. This is In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. I'm Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner and associate
1: professor of preventive medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, there's information you can use to help maintain a healthy lifestyle. Just search for Southern Remedy on your favorite podcasting app.
4: If you love MPB, wouldn't you love to work here? We're a lot more than radio voices. We're looking for teachers and administrative assistants. We need professionals to work with social media, HR, and IT. Remind your friends and family who are looking for their dream job to consider Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Check out the careers link from mpbonline.org.
3: You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or email legalterms at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio.
0: Thank you for being part of In Legal Terms. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app as are all our local shows. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. At 11 a.m. Central Tuesdays following our over-the-air broadcast, you can hear Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio. Okay, so it's election day, you get to the polls, and you don't have your current ID. There's a, a couple of things that might could happen. Maybe you've got an expired photo ID. As long as it is an acceptable form of photo ID and is not more than 10 years old, the expired ID must contain the name and photograph of the voter and have been validly issued by the federal or state government. You might could use that. But what if you just forget your ID? You can cast an affidavit ballot, but must present an acceptable form of photo ID to your circuit clerk's office by November 15th. Now, if for some reason you don't have an ID, bless your heart, um, you can get a free Mississippi voter identification card at no cost to the voter At any circuit clerk's office in Mississippi, the application for a card must be made during normal business hours, 8 to 5. You can also call 1-844-MS-VOTER for information. That's all from the Secretary of State's website, sos.ms.gov. We'll have links to all of that on this show. Polls are open 7 to 7. We hope you will exercise your civic duty. We're talking with Hines County Justice Court Judge Kenny Lewis and Justice Court Clerk Patricia Woods. We've got three calls on the line. Let's go to Bill in Ridgeland. Bill, we're so glad you've called in today. What's your comment or question?
2: Yes, I just wanted to make a comment on the qualifications of Justice Court judges. Um, I don't know
6: if most of the public knows that Justice Court judges do not have to be lawyers. They only have to have a high school education or a uh, GED degree,
2: and I wanted to ask the judge if he is a lawyer.
7: Uh, no sir, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I've been in law enforcement for 25 years, and uh, I do have a high school diploma, but not only that, but I have a master's degree in theology.
2: Okay, and
6: do you not think that judges should be required to be lawyers, like all the other
2: judges in the state?
7: Well. All we have uh, to, to go by is what's in the law. It states that this is a people's court, and up until this point, uh, it's not a requirement. So I don't question uh, what the statutes say. So, But I'm glad that they don't have to be lawyers because it afforded me the opportunity to uh, to run for this position.
0: Bill, as we have frequently told callers on this show, and I hope everybody will hear me, if you don't like the laws of your state, whether you don't... Whatever way you think they need to be changed, we do hope everyone contacts your Mississippi congressional representative, your senator, your representative, and uh, make your voice known. We had uh, Delbert Hoseman on here a couple weeks ago, and he said if a elected official gets five constituents to tell them how they feel about a bill— that's that's a big deal.
7: Wow.
0: So, R- Bill, we're so glad that you called in to ask that question. Let's go to Brandon now and speak with Brooklyn. Brooklyn, what's your comment or question today? Hello? Hi there. Brooklyn from Brandon. Uh, what's your comment or question today?
2: <laughs> My question is if someone forged a legal document, Ah, uh, and and anyway, if somebody forged a legal document on a financial matter, is it true that the injured party has seven years to litigate, or should it have been litigated before one year?
0: Is this something you can answer, uh, Justice Lewis?
7: Uh, I'm not familiar with that uh, that law. Uh, I do. I would like to say, whatever jurisdiction you're in, uh, contact your local uh, law enforcement agency and allow them to walk you through that process.
0: All right, it, and it, we I'll love.
5: Wondering would that be held in justice? Yes. Court.
0: Okay, that's not a justice court matter. Uh, We appreciate when we have experts who say that is not in my expert purview. (laughs) So, uh, Brooklyn, I hope that you can find the answer to that. Let's go to Biloxi and speak with Chuck. Chuck, thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms today. What's your comment or question?
2: I so love this program. I can't say enough about it. I recently was in justice court. For a misdemeanor in which I motioned for counsel and was denied because it's not, not a mandatory, but the prosecutor had the clerk of that court draft yet another motion for counsel. The clerk drafted it in her own handwriting. Does Mississippi Code allow a, court, uh, a justice court clerk to draft a motion for
5: a defendant?
7: Well, Ms. Woods, are you familiar with that?
5: Was that order drafted by a justice court clerk or the prosecutor's clerk?
2: Neither. I, I questioned multiple issues, and in Proceed, as a Proceed prejudice thing, in front of me, the clerk drafted on my behalf another motion for um, counsel. Clerk drafted and signed in her own handwriting. Does it is, it is Mississippi Code allow any clerk in any court to draft legal documents for any, any litigant?
5: Now, I cannot speak for any other county, but here in Hines County, we do not.
0: Okay. Well, um, Chuck, I am going to uh, put you on hold. Let me see about getting some uh, information from you and maybe we can see if we can uh, clarify and understand your your, uh, situation a little bit. But We have thirty seconds left. Wow, uh, uh, Miss Woods, can take a take a little bit. Do you have any any advice to anyone, real quick, about uh, contacting justice courts in their county?
5: Definitely, I would. um, As I mentioned, we have eighty-two counties, and there are eighty-two justice court clerks in the state of Mississippi. We're a uniform system, but each county may tweak their operations a little in order to satisfy their customers so i would suggest whatever county that you are residing in that you contact your justice court and find out how their policy and procedures are done so that we can definitely have an effective system
0: well, if they're anything like our Hines County ones, y'all will be in good hands. It has been a pleasure. Thank, thank you, you, Judge Lewis. Thank yes, you for ma'am. taking the time to thank, be here today. Thank
7: you all for this invitation, and uh, I'm grateful for being here.
0: Miss Woods, we are tickled that you were able to take carve out some time to help the state of Mississippi. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so that wraps us up for In Legal Terms. Thank you to Charles Arnold and Jay White for being on our team for Professor Richard Gershen at the University of Mississippi School of Law, I'm Liz Gill. Join us next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central for In Legal Terms, Go Vote. This forecast is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi and the MyBlue mobile app for people on the go more at bcbsms.com
2: cruising through the next couple of days with some very nice weather but we are going to see the
0: bottom drop out in our temperatures this weekend highs will be only in the 40s and 50s boonville lots of sunshine today or high this afternoon into the lower 80s tonight mainly clear and overnight low in the upper 50s greenwood we'll see a mixture clouds and sunshine today our high this afternoon right around 85 degrees tonight mainly clear with some patchy fog overnight lows will drop down into the lower 60s and in macomb today we will see plenty of sunshine our high today will be right around the middle 80s tonight mainly clear overnight lows in the low 60s i'm meteorologist sally russell this is think radio